Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beer. So here we are. Uh, this is a treat today. So we, we got two guys in the hot tub that are in high demand in the Houston area. We have Jonathan and Brandon of Patience Bruins. Thank you guys for yeah, coming. Yeah, you got it, man. So, and of course, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to forget Jake. Jake's still here. Hello. Hey. Well, so, what's nice out here, it's like, man, it's kind of picked up, and the day's nice. It's probably in the 50s, and it's, we finally got a little cold break from a really warm you know, winter so far, and it's, this hot tub is kind of hitting the mark, right? This, this, is, this is a perfect. great hot tub day. I mean, yeah. it doesn't turn winter to, what, two more days, three more days? What's today? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's got, true, that's true. Yeah, we're still we're in fall. Tomorrow, we're in still fall. tomorrow okay. the 21st? I have no idea what today is. I think today's the 20th. Well, Tomorrow's the 21st. Right. You let our secret out of the bag. Sorry. We, we record oh. not on Tuesdays. That's true, but we've never, we've never really... Okay, so <laughs> the episodes get released probably like anywhere from two weeks to a month after they get recorded, but we've never been anal enough to like not mention the date. We just said fuck it and release yeah. it. Well, thank you for having We're us. Not, that's part of the yeah, fun. I appreciate being yeah, here. Like, that Absolutely. way we can have a release every single Tuesday and not just... You know, hey, we live stream Sundays if we can't make it. Oops, sorry. That's true. We're for everybody. For everybody. For everybody. So, yeah, guys, you guys are the owners, brewers, founders, Patience Brewing Company. Masterminds. Mad scientists, right? (laughs) So, tell us uh, the story of of Patience Brewing. How did this get started? What have you heard uh, about? What have you... So, okay, so... It's you, all I've all yeah. I've heard really honestly is like rumor and legend of this badass beer that comes out and you go and you buy a glass but you get a bottle of beer that goes with it and you've done release parties I know at, at Thistle and the following is just like this cult following but I'll be completely honest I've never been able to get my hands on it like I had to get you in the hot tub to be able to get my hands on it I never shared it with you no uh-uh. it's that good that I wouldn't share it with you because <laughs> <laughs> I've had quite a few and it's amazing so let me preface okay. uh, with. We we do we do sell uh, merchandise. We sell yes. glassware yeah. and we sell T-shirts and anything beer related. They're a merch company. Uh, yeah, we're a merchandise. We yeah. do not sell beer. Yes, we do make beer and like to share our beer uh, with certain individuals that are are lucky enough to show up and have it there when it's available. Nice. So, yeah, um, I think uh, so. Like the way we kind of came about. It's a long story. Okay. Um, so I'll try to sum it up as best as I can because I like to go off on tangents and brand and stop <laughs> me. If I go off on a tangent unless yeah. you want to tell the story. Uh, <laughs> no, this is wonderful. Thanks, man. Uh, so I started brewing a long time ago, probably maybe 15 years ago, um, although I've, I've probably been saying 15 years for the last three years now. I think so. so. <laughs> um, but uh, I started brewing just all kinds of different beers. I used read all kinds of brewing books, Papazian books and all that kind of stuff. And I, I brewed with a few other guys, and we did that, like, all the time. We were, like, brewing every single week. And we started trying to figure out what yeast went best with what and trying different hops and splitting batches up, doing the same base, but, like, doing something different to each and learning about it, mm-hmm. uh, which is really the best way to learn when you're trying to brew. Um, and then fast forward to, I don't know, uh, 2012, I really started getting into sour as I started trading people and and. Uh, California, and you used to get all kinds of good stuff from there, and yeah. we still can. 
Um, but I used to start trading uh, what they wanted at the time was Jester King, and I'd always go to their special releases, stand in line for hours, and help you know mule it back and start trading it off. Uh, but because we didn't have that many sours on our market, I wanted to start trying to learn how to make my own. So uh, with limited available information on the internet, I uh, was like, well, I'll try to give this a go and learn learn as I go. Uh, so I, I started making sours, um, and my friends wanted them as well because we were all kind of into sours and we couldn't find it. Uh, but I started just kind of putting those as extras in the boxes that I was trading with, mm-hmm. and people were going, you know what? That was really good. We'd like a couple more of those. And eventually, uh, these crazy Jester King releases are coming out. They're doing, you know, uh, Atrial and everything else. And I'd be like, hey, uh, I'm assuming you want me to go ahead and get this for you. They're like, no, actually, we want you to fill the box with your beer. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? Okay, cool. I can do that. But it got to the point where it got really ridiculous because I was trading so much. And then people wanted to try to get more of my beers. That I before I even brewed it, I already had it like traded off or you know uh, oh, ready to trade for to somebody. somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So it kind of sucked at the same time. It was nice getting beers to try all around the world and kind of keep up with what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I never kept any for myself, and I'm still really bad about that to this day. Um, <clears throat> but I had a, a little bit of an internet presence, um, kind of going on just Instagram. People would see you know through the trading game. That's uh, like, hey, my buddy, you know, so and so that you follow, you know, they they got your beer and it looks really good. I like to try it. You know, how can I get it? And uh, and <clears throat> I would do that for a while, and I kind of got burnt out of trading. It's just it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money uh, too, and shipping costs and everything. Uh, but I was just about done with brewing. I just was kind of like, you know what? I need to break from doing this for a long time because it was just myself. I'd started a family. I didn't have a whole lot of time doing it. Uh, and then uh, one day. Uh, I got an, I got a very nice like professionally written email from Brandon uh, just through my email and it was like hey I I would like to start this project you're the first person I thought of and uh, we know an investor that would like to you know kind of help out where we're needed and uh, I, I mulled over it for a few days and asked my wife I was like should I should I do this I mean why why not you know what and she's like, yeah, if you want to go for it, go for it. You know, she's supportive in anything I do. And so I, I, uh, I think I ended up, I emailed them back and I said, yes, I'd like to try to go for this. Let's, let's just, just, just do it. Why, you know, why not? Life's too short. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, he, him and, uh, the, the Chris ended up coming over, uh, to my house from Beaumont, driving all the way from Beaumont. And, uh, we ended up sharing beers at my house. First time he's ever tried them and he's sitting there giving me a chance to, to do something you know really wild with yeah with my brewing and i think it just i knew it was i mean not to sound pompous or anything i knew it was going to hit the mark for them because i was i was happy with what i was making and i just you know that's why i kept making sours instead of uh what i was making before which was like i was making ipas and you know amber ales and just you know just the gamut of different clean beers at the time um but we all had a really good time we connected really, really well good. And uh, Brandon came into the picture, and he's a fantastic marketing guy. I mean, we really just have so much in common um, mm. but between, like, our beer history and just yeah. the type of beers that we like, just the same mindset of branding and yeah. just what we're going for. Art and music and food, it just culminates into – it's like a brother from another mother, man. I'm just absolutely blessed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
That's awesome, man. That's, that's that's really cool that you found each other that way. Like that's well, just weird. a random. E- so what what made you want to pick out his him personally and email him? Like I, you know, it's so funny. There was no I, connection prior, correct? Yeah. Well, well, that's a good. We question. We followed each other on Instagram for like probably three or four years before that. Possibly, I think. Yeah. And Jonathan was an influencer at the time. <laughs> I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I guess as Ralph likes to say, he swiped right. Oh. <laughs> no, what was weird is that, yeah, in a similar position you were, Tim, is just like, I mean, there's this guy who just, I've never met before, never had his beer, and looks really cool. We enjoy this some of the same music. And um, the investor wanted to open up a brewery in Beaumont, and he knew I, I was a, for se- several years in Beaumont, I was a, I was a beer writer every month and had this article in this one magazine and would host beer and food events in Southeast Texas for, you know, years, probably eight years prior to that. Um, and it was something that, you know, craft beer for me was, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, something that that um, not a lot of people were into at the time but had blossomed and you know you, there was more distributors picking up more things but like 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 Jonathan was just trading a lot but this investor came and we had and he said man I would like to open up maybe a brewery in Beaumont and I was just like could you help spearhead that and he goes would you what would your thoughts be on doing something and Beaumont didn't really have a brewery at all there was one in um, in in poor nature it's called nature's brewing and, and been around for a while i just i don't know i just i wanted to do i wanted to ha- if i was going to ever get into a project i wanted to be something that was super niche and something that i was really passionate about and that passion was like saisons and wild ales and uh lambic and goose um and f- things that were good food beers really Mm-hmm. Right, that's cool. Yeah, it's good food beers, and and I was and I told him I was like, man, I may not be your guy for something like like this. I just I I don't necessarily want to do that, but I have a really cool idea that there's this guy in Spring whom I've never met, never had his <laughs> beer before. I've been following, and like, oh man, he trades his he trades his homebrew for Cantillon and um, you know Drew Fontaine and. Um, and you know stuff, you know rare barrel, and you know like things like that, and that we're into at the time. Because uh, I would see your trays that you laid on Instagram. I was like, oh my god, dude. Um, and would look at certain reviews and what have you. But it just seemed like this is a guy who I would just really. And so I was, man, you mind if I reach out and maybe go, we go lunch with him? And go, he was like, yeah, let's go do that. And man, r- walk into his house is just like he was playing like. Good music on, like M Ward. We had some awesome pastrami, or maybe what were you made? You made some awesome, like, had some like some smoked meats that you made. Oh yeah, I made I made some pastrami. Yeah, I'm to be is, honest, it sounds like he was trying to seduce you at that. A moment. little bit. Music, <laughs> pastrami. I mean, that's how Tim got me in, but it was beer and sausage. <laughs> Lots of sausage. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, patience brewing, a love story. Well, what happened with patience was was like uh, it was called unicorn, and um, and. And uh, when John was saying I was kind of mulling it over a few days, I had this like, I was like, man, I I'd done some research on this name. I could not believe it wasn't taken. I want to untap, and immediately I just bought all the URLs. I bought all this. I already already had all those social handles and everything. And I told him I was like, hey, by the way, worst case scenario, you don't want to do this. I'll flip the <laughs> I'll flip the URL 
and the the brand name and the the for it at some point because it's such a good brand name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I told him what he was. Well, what is it? I said. Now here's the thing. You can keep the unit. I'm just saying, if you ever want to like transition into this, I think it could be, you know, we, we share the same aesthetic and, and, he, and he loved the name of patience and we just kind of worked through it. Um, but there's just an interesting, the biggest thing was just making sure that, that, um, that I guess with patience, there was just a good opportunity in the sense that I never saw too many breweries build a fan base. I could not understand why. Yeah. There were so many breweries, and I love all of y'all out there. Um, I just, from a marketing standpoint and getting to know a customer base, the person who I, the, the brewery, brewery who I thought prior to this did it so well was ingenious. Yeah. Ingenious, knocked it out of the park. They, they created a fan base and hype around their chocolate sundae, barrel-aged stouts, and the, some of the things that they were doing, pouring growlers, hey, we're going to be at this, be out here, pouring growlers, blah, blah, y'all come by. I was so tempted all the time to drive from Beaumont to Conroe, wherever in Houston, which are their beers, never was able to make it out, but that stood with me. It's like, you're a home brewer, you can give away beer. Build a fan base. If it's something that people like, create a market around it. And, and, and by the way, talked to TBC, I was like, at every county too, it was like even in Beaumont and Harris and mm-hmm. Montgomery. It's like, are y'all cool with selling? Mer- like, are y'all in the merchandise game? They're like, no. Okay, you, are you cool with us selling glassware and putting our little thing on it? And we just sell merchandise if we just give away a beer. And they're like, yeah, I, we don't see a problem with that. And um, so, but we were very careful. Like, there's a gray area, and it's not. Mm-hmm. We, we may, it's confusing for a lot of breweries who pop up and spend a lot of money up front to build a fan base, and it takes a while to kind of get that going. It really does. It, and it's just hard. Um, I just would really encourage anybody starting a, a brewery is to, like, not just get it from your family and friends, but get your beer out in front of people um, and see if it's something you really want to, like, sink million, you know, hundreds of thousands if not millions into yeah. it's, it's definitely millions I mean it's hard to get anything like a brewing location and then your extra your TABC because then you're going to need your health and you're going to need your occupancy then you talk about the branding the marketing I mean that easily alone starts at like one million if you're even yeah. at a, like a mid-sized place I mean yeah. to have enough room to brew I mean 3,000 square foot is I mean obviously a little bit generous but if you want yeah. a tap room and a brew house 3,000 foot does not go very far you know and yeah. like you're easily talking like seven hundred fifty thousand at that point, just building out. Well, speaking about getting your beer in front of people, first segment. What beer have y'all chosen to highlight? What are you, what are we going to taste this first segment? Well, um, I think we can probably start off big. It's probably a good way to go. Then mm-hmm. You can engage yourself later. So Tim likes it big. So that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like to just like tiptoe in a little bit, you know, put a toe in and yeah, see where yeah. it goes. You know, well, Jake, Jake's, really Jake's ease more in. of a fan of girth. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's like a cheese bill. We've got <laughs> waveform boy. This is a love letter to Montmorency cherries. I think it's um, it's got cherry dust in it. <laughs> cherry dust? What is cherry dust? Yeah, yeah. Do you dehydrate them and cherry dust. blend it up. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This is the so, first time we've had the, the brewer pouring the beer for us. Is it? Yeah. No, it's not. Well, who poured it for us? Uh, I there's no way. 
<laughs> There's no way that this is the first time. Oh yeah. I will say though, it did take us 15 minutes to reference a dick, so we are we are yeah, doing yeah, yeah. cool this things. Is, this is officially the most sophisticated episode we've had. We haven't talked about masturbation yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. It's on the table. Maybe Actually, well, in, in this beer we may talk maceration. 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 Maybe more maceration. You know what? I will say that you brought that up, Scott with Boulevard. You, that was a very professional episode. That was very professional. And here episode. we are talking about C and Ds. So what I what I really want to know, <laughs> who does y'all's uh, your graphic design? Is that you, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's but it's also something. It's aesthetic that that Jonathan and I just both love. Things that are just cheers. hey, cheers. I took a sip before you did cheers. Absolutely. Is that Let's illegal? See. So it, it's but forgivable. We oh, we we Uh-oh. may enlist your help on a For project. Okay, got it. We we may need a new logo uh, <laughs> next year. So, well, the guy the guy that I'd did like our logo the guy that did our logo has agreed. Like I sent him a picture of Boulevard's Gosh, logo, and he's like, up. "Dude, that's fucked up. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that." And uh, he has agreed to rework our logo. Should. Yeah, give, give him a few iterations oh, related, but unrelated, I guess. Yeah. So. Tell us the waveform is the name of the beer. Tell us about the beer. Uh, so this beer is just I want to do. Um, I, I actually so every time I've done a cherry sour, I've always found a really big base on it. Went really nice with it. Uh, it's a type of sour that I started brewing early on too, uh, from the probably 2013. Uh, I was trying to get the most well-rounded cherry flavor into a beer. So I tried different forms of cherries and different, different types of cherries as well, but like um, really just dried cherries, whole cherries, you know, uh, ones that are in the can and water and puree and uh, even cherry dust, yeah. which a brain it can explain. Yeah, that one cherry dust is really neat because it's dehydrated uh, cherry, so you do take all the water and you can blend them up and it just creates another little extra compound of, it, you're, really, you're really taking a fruit to its extremes and its nuances and its subtlety and bring out things that uh, that and what Jonathan is just great about blending these things in certain not all at once right so you, you you'll take these take certain additions and wait to add that certain um that certain iteration of the cherry and and taste it along the way that's what Jonathan's really taught me a way of tasting things early and uh, picking and Pick, most importantly, picking out off flavors early, especially Acetobacter. Um, so we we have a few things that we have we're super happy with um, early on, um, and it's come to fruition. You can taste it early on, and it was never released it because um, we want things to age for several years. Just like some of our favorite, you know, lambic, you know, and wild ale makers um, in the country and in, in the world. That so this is what do you guys y'all what do y'all think? I mean. So, that's a beautiful beer. You pour, you look at it, that's a beautiful ruby color. It's kind of, it, it's translucent. It's not transparent. This looks like, this looks like I'm sneaking the homebrew out of my buddy's garage, right? Yeah. But on the nose, it's far more sophisticated than any homebrew that I've ever had. Yeah. So, it's there. there's that cherry, almost tartness on the nose that... It, it, I've had tart beers to me that, that offend on the nose that are so tart. This one this one just brings me in. The, the sweet from the cherry balances that tart on the nose to me. But, man, when I taste it, that's... It's good stuff. It, it's very good stuff. I like the cherry flavors. I like the... 
the tartness, the, the acidity that's there. To me, it's it's a very well balanced beer. It doesn't. I, I'm not clenching the jaw on this sour. This is something I can sit and enjoy. Like I'm, I'm sitting over here taking small sips because it's not something that I want to be rid of quickly. Yeah. So I, I, I want to get into it, but I don't want to go all the way as far as ratings because there's so much more to say about Correct. this. But I love, I love your use of cherry. And like you know, you already said cherry Agreed. is such a wonderful thing because there are so many varieties of cherries. Yeah. And like I mean, just the difference between black cherry and uh, Balaton cherry mm-hmm. is like so drastic. It's insane. And you can get a lot of tart. You can get a lot of sweet. You can get a lot of earth and like fruit. I mean, there's so many ways you can go. And the the way that this one just comes off, it's so well balanced with like that fruit forward without being sweet. That mm. tart is there, but it's not like hits you in the face. Uh, but you're right; it's it's very deep. It's very complex. Tim says he doesn't deep get that. Good word. Yeah, that, that yeah, it doesn't get that lockjaw on it. But like the more you drink it, the more you can kind of feel it travel up your tongue. Like it, the acidity is there. Like the sour is yeah. there. Yeah. But it's so well balanced and so well developing. You doesn't punch you in the face. It just kind of brings it in slowly. Look, I didn't need this beer to be seduced by Jonathan, but (laughs) I'm double seduced. Maybe next time I'll put on music and make me some pastrami or something. I love it. I tell you what, Uh. the story that you're telling about the beer makes it so much more complex. There's so much more depth to it before you even tried it, right? Like experimenting with different types of cherries, experimenting cherries in different forms, going to the cherry powder. Like that's it's the the story behind that and the experimentation and the thought that you put into developing these flavors just really adds to the beer. I think we've talked about that a lot, you know. If the power of suggestion, if I'm gonna tell you, you know, hey, this is gonna taste like pineapples and strawberries, yeah. well that's oh, yeah. you're gonna taste pineapples and strawberries. Mm-hmm. And, and you didn't really give us flavors, but you told us the story behind it, which I guess to us, I mean maybe we're we're kinda nerds in this sense anyway. It's just, we shoot a podcast for like we're spending money on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. to be able to drink crazy beers <laughs> on the side. True. Uh and the, the story behind it really adds so much depth even to the flavor uh, when I'm drinking it. Like, I, I love that story. Thanks, Tim. That was something else that we had found out about. Like, we had a beer from Anchorage with Phantasm Powder. We're like, what the mm. fuck is Phantasm Powder? It was, it was like what you were talking about with cherries, but uh, with Sauvignon Blanc grapes ground up. But it's cool to see all these weird-ass ingredients be mixed into beer, but not just thrown in as adjuncts. And I know we've all seen that in the market before, people just throwing in an adjunct and adjuncting the shit out of something. Yeah, and I tell you, that's that. something we, we really appreciate when those adjuncts, those fruit flavors, the whatever is in the beer – to highlight the backbone of the beard. Like you could tell underneath this, there's a beautiful sour even without that cherry. I appreciate that. Yeah, as long as it's used to like accent the beer and not cover something up. You Absolutely. Know, yeah. You see that in so many beers these days. Well, so much intention, I think. I think executing with intention yeah. and, and, uh, and having these things where it's blending Mother Nature and the human element. I think that's where Wild Ales strike a core for me is like um, – Especially spontaneous fermentation, like moving along, like like letting yeast. We we don't spontaneously ferment, um, but like I've, it's just magic. I I feel like this close. This is like, you know, a magician. I don't know. I feel like it's a way to kind of move along Mother Nature in a in a real intentional way that blends the things with, especially really heavy. Like one of our at sea is arguably the most heavily adjunct beer. 
we make. Not heavily at, but from a it, menu. It is. It's got the most it's, uh, <laughs> ingredients in it, but it's also one. like the most, the most delicate and nuanced beer. That's the know. one with marshmallow in it? Yeah. Yeah. So Nobody I do. Everybody remembers the marshmallow. That's I do. I, I love <laughs> Everybody remembers the marshmallow. That's the one thing. Oh, this is the beer with the marshmallow. I so. actually remember that label very, very intimately, but that's the one that it's like it separates. It does separate because it's like you don't have a lot of beers with marshmallow in it, but I do want to bring this up. Okay. When he was talking about it being magic and like being of the earth and all that stuff, does that make you think of like a Nordic priestess? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. If you, if that you was ever, a... don't ever put nightshade in your beer, Mr. Shannon, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake, Jake. We went down this rabbit hole one time where Jake's talking about Nordic adjuncts in beer and how night you, like nightshade used to make you trip. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, they did a lot of really cool things, and obviously, there's a lot of written history that's been lost. But there's been a lot of science going back into it. But one of the things is they would add like certain adjuncts to it before they were adding hops. I mean, hops didn't exactly grow well in you know yeah. Norway or anything, mm-hmm. you know. But they were adding all these kind of crazy things for their different effects. You know, it's like the whole um, like if you got stabbed in like a battle or whatever, they would feed you the strongest onion soup you could ever imagine. That way, if you ate it and then you smelled like onions, it's like, okay, you're pretty much going to die because we can smell the onion that's inside your body. But they did stuff like that where it's like, we're going to give you this like certain type of nightshade that's going to like bring you very close to death and have hallucinations. And they're like, how much can we drink without dying tonight? And then there was like other like berserker stuff where it was like almost like I wouldn't I don't want to say amphetamines, but it was like that effect of like energy and like kind of well, killing spree, you know, beer. Beer has a beautiful story, you know, through through all its iterations in, in time and history and cultures, and it's part of what draws us all together, right? So, like every we have this base of you know grains, hop, barley, and water uh, that that we all enjoy. But then it, it becomes like what y'all were talking about. This it's an art and a beer for food and something we expand upon. And and to me, like this is some of the stuff that has it is it excuse me it has evolved to right so you have this wild yeast that's coming in you have the the base sour that that's there you've got these cherry powder that you're bringing in to create a piece of art which i think is what's fun i think and even back then when you're talking about nordics right part of the fun is the effect right like nobody's going to say i hate being buzzed off of alcohol, that sucks, right? Everybody enjoys that feeling of being able to relax. It's part of the fun of the hot tub, right? Getting in, the muscles yeah, are relaxed from the water already. Oh, yeah. Inhibitions are gone, and we're just going to sip beer and have more fun. I'm relaxed as fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, that, maybe that My needs to go on the glasses. Good. Yeah. Relaxed as fuck, baby. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to have to do two. Non-stoppable and relaxed as fuck. Non-stoppable and relaxed as fuck. That's great. That was good. But these, the, uh, I, I think where, where we're going here is it's, it's just a beautiful work of art and that's, that's to be appreciated with in this spectrum of things, which I, I think it's really, really cool that, that we get to get this evolution here in the hot tub of, of what it's coming well, That's to. one of the things we like about you know, releasing at Thistle is just like the food. And so partnering up with some of the things that we – and we'll even note – some of the things that we, in some of our descriptions of things, like, when you're there, try it with, you know, like, that. that He's all about, have you read the descriptions for his food pairings on, like, when we're talking about uh, the beer that we've made, like, on Instagram? His like, food pairing is just, it's next level. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean. Thanks, man. It, okay, so on the spot, amazing. what do you pair with this? I would, for this, I would, I, I like this with, like, charcuterie, especially, like, uh, a potted pork riette. Um, and so it's going to help cut through fat and salt. So, th- or like a foie gras, um, or you can go like a like a cheesecake with this. So it helps like lift. This beer will help c- 
help accent some spice. So anything that maybe have a little bit of cinnamon or a little spice will help accent that a little bit and help lift that up, even though there's not anything in there. Um, another thing I like, one of my favorite favorite cheeses in the world is Humboldt Fog from Cypress Grove. And it's a beautiful goat cheese and two different milkings. Um, and they have a little vegetable ash to, to you know, symbolize the fog that rolls in through Humboldt County. Um, maybe the dense fog, maybe not the the uh, Humboldt County is known for also another kind of fog too, but like, um, but they, but I love that. And I have like a, um, in a Rosales, uh, olive oil torta, um, which is a Seville orange, beautiful. Like you can find these at maybe your HEBs and it's these olive oil tortas that are, um, that are crispy, and um, and they're super delicious, and you can take a little smear of like of uh, of Humboldt of the Humboldt fog, and with a little Marcona almond. So this will also help, like you know, bridge the flavors of almonds as well, because you know, cherry and almonds. It's just so Marcona almonds, and that's what I would do. I would do a porcelet yeah. with uh, on the side with with some uh, Humboldt fog, and uh, on a smear of like uh, Seville orange uh, in a Rosales, a little tortas with some Marcona almonds. Money from this. We, we need to do a, a patience <laughs> oh, Ernesto Villarreal beer dinner. <laughs> Done. And, yeah. and just record the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm over, I'm so over here salivating. So, like, that's, that's but it, 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 this helps just cut through like fat and the things that I like about Saison, Saison and Wild Ales are just great food beers. Like they cut through, they cut through salt and fat and help like, and, and especially, and just having a little bit of acid helps, you know, bridge the gap for so many things in food that just normally get overlooked. You know what? I, what I love about food pairing too is there's like there is no well there is only a wrong answer, but everything else is like completely correct, like all the way across the board. And so you mentioned goat cheese, and my first thought was like a, a drunken monk, right. which is you know whiskey aged raw cow's milk, and mm-hmm. it's like on the verge of crystallization. It's these beautiful it's salt. It, you it's break forward. it open and you see these. It's almost like salt nucleations. Within. Exactly. And there's, it's like a cave of like fat and salt and like it's, it's so beautiful good. and you smell it and it's really, really fun. And that and a spicy chicken sandwich. That's, that's go, exactly man. where I'd that. go, man. I want I something that. spicy with this, man. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's kick it up a notch. Let's kick it up. Well, so let's, let's go ahead and get to ratings. So My favorite part. Guys, oh. we are uh, on Hot Tub Beers. We, we like to have fun, but we like to be very judgmental as well. Okay. So we are creating the industry standard of rating. Um, zero to four. Okay. Okay. So zero is Not I, I want to burn the brewery down. I, I don't. I don't want anybody to have this ever again, including myself. Uh, four is this is a need. Uh, anytime mm-hmm. I get into the hot tub, um, and so we'll have y'all rate as a patience brewing uh, no collaborative. No, 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 I can't no. Do let's that. let's, let's do get that? into it because they get their own. He 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 came into this and he he's been like on the group like brewing for so long like i want to know what you think about your brewing billy with this and yes. what you think about your partner uh, uh okay. exploring all I'll these avenues so, i'll, I'll like, no. jump in whatever you want me to and try to yeah. so properly if, assess this so if i'm gonna so if i'm gonna rate this beer okay uh to me if i'm gonna do like a larger scale on a scale from one to ten for what i would want to drink all the time mm-hmm. i'd right. probably rate this as a six mm-hmm. or a seven out of four okay. Out of ten, if I'm, I'm, oh. I'm putting my own scale here. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. My for my own. Okay. I like yeah. I like breaking scales. That's the so, old scale. Yeah, uh, but we've created the new one. <laughs> it just it's something I want to drink all the time. No, so I, I brew sours a lot of times. But uh, to also preface that, I, I mostly drink IPAs, 
and saisons and, and okay. pilsner. It's more light, lighter based. Yeah. Uh, but this particular beer, uh, because it's so heavy, you know, it's not it's not a sessionable beer. Yeah. Um, but it's also more of a throwback to the um, uh, 20-teens. Because this is close to what like nine ish. Acidity, yeah. The acidity on this is more like a like a brewery beer or something. Okay. You know, it's, uh, so this is mm. kind of a little bit of a throwback beer. It's probably one of the older beers that I've been brewing. Yeah. Um, so my overall rating for this out of uh, what's y'all scale? Four. Four. four, four, zero to four. Yes, sir. Uh, um, three. Oh, you're your rookie scores? Four, what about can't you do decimals? You, uh, like three, decimals are infinite. okay. Infinite. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I, yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I would rate this like. You know, because, um, I don't know, 3.68 or something like that. Okay. What was the name of the beer again? Waveform. Waveform. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I think there's a lot of, th- there's something, this would be something you want to have. Um, if there's a seasonal rotating menu, this is something that you would, and, and one of which that you have, say, a really deep wine catalog in portfolio and menu. Um this would be something you could offer to your patrons and you know that would that would be kind of off menu um that may that, that may want to have like maybe a a restaurant that that has a lot of natural wine to it and yeah. um things that are kind of unexpected i think this could hit the mark this definitely hits the mark for students of say belgian lambic and creek um it, without it being you know that so like um so for those uh, it it hits a niche it's not going to be for everybody and that's what i yeah. love it's not you know it's for so for the rating for for most people this for a lot of folks this probably isn't they probably may not like this but um but in a lot of ways a lot of folks just haven't picked up you know you know Dre Fontaine Creek, well, and, and if you need to go, go to Thistle. I do have some, <laughs> and so go to Thistle. Well, that's and what I was going to get to. Frederick Stahl. Right? <laughs> uh, I think I still have some. Yes, you do because I drink some. With <laughs> yes, <laughs> I but still then, have some. Yes, yes. it's rude and that. You know, go Upland. pick up some Creek. Yeah, I am, I am my har- harshest critic. So, well, I mean, I, I well, I'm rating my own beers on, right on its scale, right from my favorite to whatever. So. Yeah, but so, I think a fan I of know. a fan of a Creek. So I've had this. Side by side with cre- creeks that people are just going nuts over. Right. Had it side by side. Yeah. And it seems to be. I like a little bit better <laughs> than <laughs> some of the ones that are like so hyped up. Here's the thing: is that new tamed acidity is really important to our to our ethos. Yep. Um, it's it's the things that that, and and it's intentional. So taking tamed acidity is something that's just really near dear to our heart. That's something you want to drink another of. Um, we don't like lockjaw, you know, sours. Um, albeit, some people may have that experience because they're not super well versed in wild ales. Right. Um, so it could feel like that. So like, but in a lot of ways, we try to tame that down even further than what is even on the market because we just like it. You know, um, it makes me want to go back to it more and more. If it's a little bit well, less sour, a little less lockjaw, this has been in the bottle for, like I said, it's been this is this one's been aging for over probably a year, uh, oh, year wow. and a half. So it is a little bit more tart than it was originally. Too, um, it's still great to me, but I, I prefer just as I've got as I've been drinking sours more yeah. and more. I prefer to not take the enamel off my teeth. Um, just a little bit more yeah. nuanced, a little bit more gentle, a little bit more yeah. delicate too, because then the fruit is able to kind of shine forward, right? Uh, a little bit more. 
Well, I think what you to, to your point earlier about people who may not like this, I, I think they may not like it but just because maybe they've had a bad experience with sours. I think, you know, a lot of people come in saying, I don't like beer, I want something else. You just haven't had the right You haven't beer. had enough, or enough right. or, different or beers. Enough. Correct. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think this one is going to hit the mark for a lot of people. I love what okay. you're saying Thank about you. pairing this with a charcuterie board. To me, this beer is sophisticated enough to be on par with a nice red wine. Uh, I could take that red wine off, put this beer in on a charcuterie board, and have that exact same experience and just really enjoy it to yeah. me. Um, yeah. But I think that's something that, like, if, if you haven't had enough sours, if you're scared of sours, stop try it. this. Yeah, stop <laughs> it. Yeah. Stop being try, scared. Try something different. I think for me, rating this, I'm going to go 3.578.23. Oh man, yeah. sweet. Yeah, I, I, that's that's where I'm going to go with this. I think I this mean, is something I can I can really get a bottle of this. I can sit in the hot tub. I can I can share it with whoever I'm chilling in the hot tub with, and just really slow sip and enjoy it and have yeah. great conversation. And I think that's that's really the description of a hot tub beer. Yeah, you know? what, yeah, yeah. what uh, rating did you give it? Three three point five six seven. If eight, it was two, on a three. scale of five, what would you give it? Uh, oh, a scale of five? We don't yeah. do that. I, don't, I, I can't do that. Oh, man. Yeah, the math is wrong. We're going to have to redo the math. I had to look it up on Untap. So. Oh, <laughs> let's get, let's get oh, into this okay, one on the next one. So, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's that's pretty spot on. It's 4.41. I think mathematically that works out, right? Yeah, it's close. You're the enough. scientist. Yeah. You are the scientist. Yeah, I want to get into that on the next set. Okay, so I'm going to just go for it man uh 3.8 and i'm gonna like 3.8 flat obviously like it might be the highest one here but the biggest thing is like i could drink this all the time um i don't like rating lower than a four if i couldn't tell you what direction would make it a four and this may be a little bit of a weird one this beer nitrogenated would be out of this world get that like creamier mouth oh. feel really kind of dive in and oh, pull out some of the i like that jake that's yeah. a really good idea that's I, a cool I idea like yeah. messing with uh different that's awesome different gassings on beer that's, that's one of the most understated that, things is nitrogenated sours yeah. i mean they're they are fantastic but yeah. you really have to that. be careful with it because you can't just do a goza and like a mm-hmm. nitrogenated sour you're like you, you kind of got to get some like girth on it you got to yeah. get some depth oh. you know what i mean and so it's this serious yeah. a good base you, this, you're right you can't you can't do that with something really flimsy and thin yeah and so the color on this is super deep red in the beginning and then as it gets closer to the top it really dives into like that real raw like earthy red looking color of the cherry you can tell that like like there's just a full development from bottom to top just by looking at it but i mean it grows and it grows and i'm kind of hesitant to finish because it's like there's still more flavor coming out of this you know i can't just finish it but uh, long story short well done Oh, yeah. thanks, well man. done. Absolutely. Guys, thank you all for bringing this to the hot tub. Thank you for being brave enough to jump in the hot tub with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming and spending time with us. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back with the next beer from Patience Brewing. People are asking. We have two or three. People are asking. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers where we're going to have a pre-release here. This, this does I mean, not I already even pre-released. have a label on the bottle. You already pre-released? I already pre-released. Oh, so we're going to have another one. They, oh, uh, yeah. It's our third one. Mm. <laughs> Thank God for the, the pool filters doing overtime today. Yeah, um, this does not even have a label on it, man. Okay, Let's hold on, out. hold on. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, get oh, it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. bush. All right, uh, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Welcome to Hot Tub. Things are taking a turn. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bush beer. So I, I went to Wisconsin. I had a buddy of mine that that he's from Wisconsin. Went up there for a wrestling tournament for my son, 
And he's like, ah, we all drink uh, bush beer up in Wisconsin. So I went. So I had uh, I had some bush beer. I texted him a picture. That I was drinking some of it. He was fired up. All right. What so a color. This is that's, that's immediately. I just washed it. Yeah, I just. That's what it. I was gonna say. Like this almost has like this ruby red grapefruit color on it. That is nice head retention. Like that's a sexy beer, dude. It's just man. Tell me, tell me about the name of this beer. Tell me what's in it. Tell me what we're drinking here. All right. So. Mm. Uh, Actually, we don't have a name for this beer yet, um, okay. but it's going to be released sometime in January, uh, is the uh, the hopes. Uh, so this is a collaboration that we did with uh, Wooden Bus Brewing Company, which is also known for doing Wild Ales in the Houston area. Okay. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and we've intended to work together uh, for the last you know couple of years. We finally finally got on it, um, and we came up with this beer. So I brewed. We decided to do. Um, uh, I did half of my my base at my house and they did half of theirs at uh at their house and uh i fruited mine with uh methylene plums and they fruited theirs with um with blood orange and we used a uh a reishi tea uh which has like uh blueberries and it's a a, uh, a patagonia super super fruit super berries berries. um all hand forged and chile and um oh wow a lot of this it's really spectacular, um, you know, you know, tea purveyor and um, dried fruit botanical purveyor. Just really incredible stuff. So before we get too far, you said there's not a name, <laughs> and it's it's calling to me here. Like I ha- I already have a name in, in okay. mind, right, and I want to I want to go ahead and put it out there okay. so me and Tim may you know have a little bit yeah, of yeah, input. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so ready. fucking relaxed. So fucking relaxed. So fucking relaxed. I think that's the perfect name for this. <laughs> that or relaxed teabagging. Relax as fuck. Is that what you said? Relax. Relax as fuck. Relax as fuck. Relax as fuck. I don't know about teabag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more of a shaft guy, though. (laughs) Just fucking relax. You know, like that came straight out of Jonathan Shannon's mouth. This is our first time trying this. Uh, First bottle conditioned. um, Oh, so this is is first time for y'all as well? Yeah, first for me. Oh, Uh, my goodness. So this is the first time we've ever bottle conditioned a beer uh, or like. Uh, carb and bottle. So this is our first time trying this. To, like, yeah, like right, right now. now, we have not tried this uh, at all. So yeah. normally I carb, I force carb, and then bottle. Just kind of a safer way to do it. Uh, while those are a little bit finicky, so you don't know if you're going to be able to hit the carb or not. Uh, when Wooden Bus and I did the blending uh, on this, uh, it tasted great to me at the time. But we're also kind of you know saying, okay, it needs to sit for at least a minimum of three weeks. I think we're at five weeks on this right now. Okay. So I was like, you know, this is the perfect time to, to yeah, try Yeah, absolutely. We needed to try it. Um, I think you're correct. But uh, do you guys know what methylene plums are? I don't. Methylene methyl plums sounds are, like a drug. are amazing. Uh, so okay. they're like little tiny, like almost they almost look like a candied plum. Uh-huh. Like like a small. three-quarter inch? They're, they're, oh, are you are you doing the whole circle or are you doing the tips of your finger? Oh, no, no. Uh, like circle. Right. Okay, so like a two-inch, like. Yeah, it's like a golf ball size, maybe a little smaller. Yeah, uh, but they're like super dense, like uh, everything really beautiful that's in a orange normal, color too. Uh, and, a, and a normal uh, plum is like condensed, all the flavor and all the color. So like when you bite into one, it's just like blood red dripping down. And they, so they grow plums. really well here too. Meth plums, they're yeah. like basically like that. <laughs> that's what you <laughs> said, right? Wow. Yeah. Meth plums. Well, they go. They grow really well. They, they, <laughs> well, especially in like July and August. I mean, we they they just. Some people don't even know what they are. I, I, I was at my buddy Josh's house and having some beers, and I was like, oh, are these methylene plums? And I just ate, 
He's like, I have no idea. I just kind of moved here a couple months ago and had it. And we Woo! just, <laughs> I started eating the plums off the off his ground. And, and I was like, oh, did you? yeah, it was like, this is great. So I saved some. This is from a friend of yours tree or neighbor? Yeah. Um, so somebody I work with, uh, she's got a tree in her backyard. And she's like, hey, I heard you make beer. Um, and I was like, I do. And I put fruit in my beer. She's like, yeah, I heard you make, you use fruit in your beers and stuff. And she goes, I have a tree in my backyard that produces way more of these fruits than I need. Could you use them in your beer? I was like, what are they? And she, she told me. And she's like, they're methyl plums. And I was like, I had to look them up. And it is a Japanese uh, origin plum. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. But when I got them, uh, she, she had them frozen, which is great, because I'm going to freeze them anyways before I put right. them in the beer. And I, I kind of thawed one out, tried it, and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is incredible. Like, I could eat these all day, all they're the so time. Good. I mean, they're just, like, incredible. Uh, super dense fruit. I mean, just, it's like a, like a really large, uh, you know, like you want to get one of those really, really sweet and flavorful cherries. Yeah. It's just like a bigger cherry, but a plum. Wow. And it, it's, uh, I think I have a picture, um, of the, of the methyl plum itself whenever I was fruiting this beer. Pictures really translate well on podcasts, Bob. They do. They yeah. Do. <laughs> I just want you all, all to see podcast, this out anyways. there. So um, have you ever done like a so rabbit so hole of like looking at like Asian <laughs> citrus fruits? There is so many. There's so much. It's just like I literally. What would you like to see? Like, have you dreamt up like a a beer that you would love to see from Japanese kind of? I don't know what they taste like. I mean, they are all sorts of colors and shapes and like different levels of citrus. Blood red looking. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that looks like meth. Plums. We just looked at some meth plums. (laughs) Meth plums. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, it almost sounds like a bad porno. Meth plums. Meth plums. Or STD, or or an STD. I'm, it is good. or an uh, STD. Yeah. Oh. So on the on the nose, this one is is more funky than the last one, and not in a yep. bad way. Like it's it's that's kind of what I'm looking for in a wild ale, right? There there's some of that funk that's attractive to me. I always pick up like gunpowder a little bit, like a not not sulfur necessarily, but like mm-hmm. uh, like a used bullet, you know, like uh, not not the okay. smoke that comes out of it, the sulfur, right, 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 out, right, but right, like right. the actual like gun powder like yeah. wall gun powder yeah, yeah. and i don't know how to describe it mm. um i have a weird palate yeah. and a weird sense they, of like so i think when i because i didn't i wasn't aware of the tea when you started describing the tea that's that's kind of like that started filling up my nose as i'm as i'm smelling it but the, the flavors on that it's super complex uh it's but so it, herbaceous it, it, there you go that's a that's a great word the the botanicals the herbs that are in there really shine through it's like it's like beer tea yeah. almost beer uh, tea like this team. and like uh, this would be great to get, if if you release this in January, great to drink on its own. But you know if you're gonna maybe sit with this, this again my first time having it, so this would be kind of really fun with uh, what's the ABV on this? You th- what what's the? We were shooting for about uh, six, six and a half, and seven. Okay. I mean, so something with a lighter dish. You could probably go with like a ceviche or something like that too. Oh, um, that would be good. You know, like a like some just chips and ceviche, but without like you know just. With a nice citrus, but not something that's super overpowering, like a, or even a spring like grilled, grilled shrimp watermelon salad or something like that with a nice vinaigrette, something kind of lighter too. This, really good yeah, this this feels really like a spring and summer beer. Like there's there's something light and crispy about it that just it, it makes you want to be outside. You know, when you say that, like I was actually thinking like. I could do this in the cold. Like this is almost like like a winter melon. You know nice, what I mean? Nice. Like it's like very herbaceous. It's yeah. not over the top. It's not overly sure. 
acidic or overly like orangey or pineapple-y. Yeah. Right. It's it's very like end of winter, beginning of spring. Like it's still cold and nippy, you know. And I like I love how it just yeah. develops. I mean, obviously everything you do is such a developing beer. There is no flat tones, but this one is just so extra. I don't know how to say it. I drink too fast. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, I'm over here sipping it. Like so, this is. I've been taking these beers pretty slow. There's a lot to dissect in each one of them, which is a lot of fun. And that's the one thing I wanted to ask you, right? So you were telling me before we started recording about, like, you work for a company that manufactures DNA. You're a scientist by trade. How much of that goes into working with these yeasts and bringing in the different fruits and what you know is going to fit together, how it's going to ferment? Does, does that translate, or is this just completely separate pursuit? Uh, very very little probably translates into this. I think it's just some of it does in the understanding of just how like yeast, uh, I guess, perform in a beer. Uh, a lot of it though is more translated. I, I use a lot of my background for what I do from work more in the conversion of like uh, volumes of things to add and proportions. But to be honest with you, a lot of it, it comes from like my love of cooking. So okay. mm-hmm. uh, I, I, cooking and brewing kind of go hand in hand. I think a lot of brewers that are good brewers or enjoy doing what they're doing, they're also, you talk to them, they're usually into, into cooking, right. you know, a little more in depth than I guess the normal person. But that's fair. Uh, so I do, I do like uh, really almost like a chef, just playing around with flavors, seeing how those flavors mesh, coming up with like combinations of things that are a little bit unique. Um, I mean, there's always, unique tried and true kind of uh combinations of things you look on google what what pairs well with this uh but i do like trying to just formulate that in my head i can taste something and go it's just like the food pairing it's just like you know oh man this would be really good to pair with this beer or this this one particular fruit i'm going to put in here let's marriage these things and see how see how it goes and what proportions you do it at um a lot of times i'll try it um more from a cooking standpoint rather than a brewing standpoint in the beer. That's an interesting so. point. I think there was, when we had uh, Ernesto on, he did Texas Brewing Company with us. And one of the things that he talked about uh, was when he was learning as a chef, like he was trying to pair beer with food and beer with wine and, and, and learning that whole deal. And he had a chef tell him, hey, listen, beer is food. Mm-hmm. Wine is food. We're just putting the ingredients in a different different way and coming up with a different product. But all this is food. All of it's meant for sustenance. We're just having fun with the way that it tastes and and enjoying uh, being sustained by by all this cool stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. I, that's that's the second time that that's been brought up on the podcast. It's really really cool. I love that approach to it. Well, that and beer, like originally, we talked like almost five thousand years ago. I mean, it was soggy alcoholic bread. It wasn't a right. liquid in our standard of what beer is. I mean, it porridge. was porridge. Yeah, it was like very much like porridge. That's where it started, and we've come so far because it's like we decided we can't just enjoy the feeling or the sustenance. We can enjoy the actual experience and the taste and everything else in it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, tell us the history of IPA, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? Which history? <laughs> Have we gone down this road before? No, no, have don't we, do it. Don't do it. It's, it's, one of my, I have to, it's one of my least favorite things that you have to deal with in a craft beer bar is when you're serving a guest, it's like inevitable. Some guy that's had too many IPAs butts in and goes, you know where the IPA is from? And you're like, first of all, I know you're wrong and you haven't even said anything. Second of all, why are you trying to tell us the history of an IPA? But yes, long story short, no, it wasn't created for the trade route to India. 
but it was on the Indian trade route. There's like it, yeah. I think we've actually discussed this before, so <laughs> I, I won't. We've discussed different iterations. What's next? Of it yeah. As well. yeah. <laughs> just look at him and say you're not part of the turbo, turbo team. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll um, we'll have to do a whole Pilsner segment. We'll do like a whole Porter segment, which inevitably has a touch of IPA. But I feel like we should do a whole IPA. I'm sorry, a whole history series. Oh, history just series. Just a whole history series. Really dive into it. Because like, is that going to go in tandem with our blind that. date series? Yeah, yeah drunk history. <laughs> drunk. Well, I mean, there's there's really cool things where they say like, uh, you repeat history and yada yada yada. Yeah. When you look at like Roman brewing, right in Rome, it's like okay. Well, first of all, there's not a lot uh, that people will talk about that. But one of the biggest things is when they were brewing, uh, you'd have these like upper class pubs with beer, but the beer wasn't really like upper-class beer by the flavor, but by how rare the ingredient is. And we've kind of come, like, full circle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, well, we, we have access to just, like, <laughs> we should, clean we beer. We about, and, like, and forged berries. Exactly. Chili. You know, and it's not to say that this is, like, upper-class, but it's definitely not, like, your typical everyday working man thing. But then you put on the spin that there is an exclusivity to what you do. You can't yes. pick it up on a shelf. You have to be in line part of the lottery to get in on this it's like no we've we've come full circle and it's so cool to experience that after reading all of that as well like we are part of where we started and that's super freaking cool it is freaking cool and, and that's one other thing like go back to where we started you're using wild yeast correct yeah wild yeast and bacteria so why tell me that because because i love that i think it's beautiful that was one of the things that kind of turned so me on nice when we were started doing this stuff so with nice. uh with New Braunfels about how him marketing that as a Central Texas yeast, there's there's a lot more factors that go into it, but I think it, it, it ends up producing something that's really cool and really unique. Why go that choice? What was your motivation there instead of just like a kettle sour? Uh, there's, I mean, it's just a lot more complexity in a wild ale. Um, if you go like a uh, a kettle sour or even a what, sour VCA, you know, just a lot of a lot of those types of beers can be really good. It depends on it's more of like uh, I wouldn't say covering it up, but it's more like you're you're axing axing a beer with only uh, lactic acid, right? So you're you're making a sour beer that only has a clean lactic acid, mm-hmm. which is the same as kettle souring, right? right. In, in way. So you don't have the depth and complexity that uh, that Brett or PDO uh, or I mean just even lactobacillus to some degree has in the beer all performing it uh, in unison together to create the complex flavors that you get in a wild ale. So, I mean, if you have a, uh, I mean, it's kind of like Dry Fontaine couldn't make a Dry Fontaine beer with, you know, the kettle souring, right? It would just yeah. not taste the same. Correct. It would yeah. just be one note. It'd be like a golden sour, golden sour one note beer without any, any fun to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So are you using the same strain each bottle or are you pulling... Or is it? Or is each one just wild? Whatever you're getting, uh, it's it's different between each batch, uh, each, each batch is, is a little bit different. Um, a lot of them do share the same kind of backbone. Okay. Um, I do use, and some of these that I, I, I'm gonna have go a little bit longer. Uh, you can add something like a Rosalaire, which is like an old school kind of um, yeast mm-hmm. uh, and bacteria blend, uh, and then. Uh, but a lot of these still have a clean uh you have to think about the clean part on these too so whatever uh, uh VCA, just clean fermenting yeast you're going to put in there will still have that that profile that accents the uh the bacteria and the, the wild yeast mm-hmm. that go into it as well 
Uh, yeah. So I do, I, I like trying different blends. And I think just kind of knowing, the biggest part of brewing is kind of knowing on the front end how you want to make it to accent best what you're going to put on the back end. Um, mm-hmm. That is a really tricky part to do. You can throw a, throw the same base beer together, but if you put the same, if you put different fruits on it and stuff like that, you're going to get different results. It may not match. It's kind of like what uh, side pro- side projects doing. Okay. Uh, Corey understands the front end to know where he wants to get on the back end so he can taste from a barrel or know a barrel yeah like wood is an ingredient yeah like wood is an ingredient so he knows that he's gonna um brew that beer to make sure it it complements and fits that wood right so he'll okay. adjust his uh his recipes to to fit that and each and barrel blend. is different and, and blend and there's gonna be things that are just left over that you're just maybe even you know that you and I don't know. I just love the idea of blending and barreling and using this. Ing- the whole process is just one journey to hopefully an intentional, like we talked about in, intent and execution, but there's also just this like mother, just also just this inherent beast and elf in the room that is wild ale. And just like, there's just sometimes you can't predict it even with the best, you know, tools that kind of keep things clean and, and, and also, you just want Mother Nature to do its work sometimes, too. You don't want to, like, want to tame it so much. Like, it, it's one of these things that just kind of evolves. And it, yeah. I think you're just kind of massaging things around and trying to – you're just trying to gently move it into a place that you think is going to be a – This is where you insert the pun. Go, I'm, I'm throwing a softball here. Takes a little patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so is that where the name came from? Be impatient with the yeast. Be impatient with the beer. Be impatient. Patience is a whole mindset. Later. You know, yeah. f- even from, you know, um, ca- I'm Catholic too. So you know, God um, bless you, sir. Love, love, love is patient. You know, like uh, I think in a lot of ways that that patience is not only a virtue but something. Gratitude and patience and empathy is something that runs deep in me. Uh, but also, it's literal. It's literal. Yeah. You know, most things take like four. You know, four to six weeks to make these. Our beers can take. Mm-hmm. A year and a half. I mean, just like well, you know, some of these, you know, just like lambics and goo. Like, I, I just was surprised that it, it existed. So, um, or that it didn't exist rather, and we were able to kind of bring a brand into something that I don't know that. I guess setting expectations early. We talked about expectations. So, like, uh, we haven't released a beer in a while, so we need it. We have two or three. We need to bring. Uh, we've all had Jonathan have had. And I have had, you know, life changes in the past, like, uh, year and a half and some change. And so we, we've had these beers ready. We've, so anyways, we're at a good place where we're, we're able to maybe doll it up a little bit and move, bring it back. Um, so expect a release at, for sure in January. Um, and then, you know, subsequent releases for some beers that we've had uh, maturing um, for the past almost going on a year and some change, maybe a year and a half or so. Yeah, I mean. we we've, we, have, we actually have a couple beers uh, that we're sitting on, uh, and we could release them now, but we're not going to release a Goza style beer in the middle of winter. Like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. So, uh, and we have another one too, uh, which our daughters helped kind of collaborate. Called on. daughters, it's called yeah. daughters. So, um, so that one may uh, come out uh, around the same time. A little bit, a little bit warmer winter, probably more springtime. Yeah. And. And a lot of these, like if y'all, if y'all are listening, the way this kind of works is, you know, we'll we'll release a piece of merchandise. Like in a lot of ways, you know, we we want these to, we want these to be shared in in a certain set and setting that um, that is 
you know, more apropos of the season and that it could really, especially springtime, like, you know, picnic. So we're trying, we try to line up the merchandise. We're trying to sell a piece of merchandise that is branded. It's something you really want to use. It's maybe a little bit more bespoke. It's something that's going to be a little bit more handmade. It's not going to be a piece of merch with a, a cheapo badipo little, like, keychain bottle opener. Bullshit. Like sunglasses bottle opener? <laughs> <laughs> you could sell those. You should just be selling those. Uh, we reward people with them. That's and right. So, but the thing was, it's like we, like we make hand-stamped, like, uh, you know, Bookmarks and things like uh, Masu boxes from, from Japan that were handcrafted. Custom Masu boxes. Custom Masu from boxes oh, wow. from Japan that are hand. Yeah. He talked him into getting the iron branding, the, the <laughs> oh, stamp shit. that he burned the boxes with. He was like, No one's ever asked me this before. Uh, yes, I suppose you can have it. You know, <laughs> so I was like, Oh my God, dude, yes. That's, That's cool. Nice. So, like, there's these things that we, we just value aesthetic and we value delivering on an experience. Um, I don't even. Uh, ideally where I would like to see patients and I don't know if I can even really talk about this too much but where it's membership only you know we uh, we're in a lot of ways you know something called virtue you know so maybe, maybe like a virtue membership but something where you're getting pieces you're you're getting an experience and, and a lot of this too god I'm forgive me if I want to talk about this but you know NFTs are a way to also have something that you can deliver um, an experience on that something that could increase in value. Um, so you, you could have something that gives you access to experiences, whether it's Astros tickets or concerts um, or dinners and things that have, that are more than just receiving a piece of merch or receiving free beers or having these things like, I don't know, buying into something that feels greater as a whole than the sum of its parts. Um, no, I think that's that's beautiful. I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I wanted to go in the last segment is I want to kind of, when we, when we try the last beer, I want to talk about where you're going from here and, and what, where you plan to where you plan to take this. Like what is Patience Brewing going to look like in the next five or six years? But I want to save that for the last segment because I want to get back to this beer. All right. And, Let's rate it. And I want to end up rating this beer. And I'll, I'll jump in first on this one. Nice. I'm going to. As it warms in my hand, the tea starts to come forward for me. Um, it becomes more botanical. It becomes more herbaceous as, as it gets warmer. But that fruit in the background still stays there. I think it combined to me to almost like this grapefruit flavor. And maybe that's me convincing myself because I'm looking at the glass and that's the color that it gets. But whether I'm uh, convincing myself or not, that's my experience. I'm cool, man. Loving. Thank you. Um, it's, it's really, really cool. I'm going to go ahead and rate this. Um, I'm going to go 3.28762. Um it's it, it's going to be a little bit less than than the waveform. Uh, waveform to me was that was a hot tub beer. That was that was heavy. It was nice. It was dark. It was complex. This is the same thing, but to me, this is I'm going to have this while I'm grilling something for the kids, and the weather is great, and it's springtime, and I'm mm-hmm. just outside enjoying myself with mm-hmm. something nice and complex that I can have a conversation over. Cool. I agree. I'm gonna, I'm just going to follow up here. Uh, I'm going to go three point eight. Again, yeah, I'm gonna go 3.85. I'm gonna I'm gonna nice. bring this oh, up a little bit. Went up a little bit. I really really enjoy this. Um, the herbaceous nose on it really kind of gives it like a uniqueness, like a freshness, like a very kind of uh, comforting feel to it. Uh, the color 
I don't know if y'all were as disgusting as a, a early twenties as I was, but have you ever heard of the drink, uh, the pink panty droppers? It was like vodka mm. with Bud Light and pink no, lemonade. I don't know about, I don't know about <laughs> but the color on this is actually reminiscent of that. So it kind of it kind of hurts my feeling a little bit, right? But I wouldn't do a side by side of it and see. Yeah, I wouldn't expect y'all to know what that color looks like. I had horrible friends. <laughs> my panties are down, but I mean, overall, it's got a really cool color. It's it's really. Really easy to drink in the cold for me. I mean, obviously we're in a hot tub, but right. it's chilly-ish outside. But I could see how this would work in the summer as well. I would honestly, I'd probably drink it more towards the morning during the summer. But in the winter, I'd probably drink this all day. I could, nice. I could probably have this right before bed. You know what I mean? Obviously, thirty minutes before I brush my teeth because otherwise the acidity is bad for your teeth. That's right. Don't brush your teeth too close to drinking beer, by the That's way, right. especially yeah. sours. Uh, but yeah, three point eight five. I think this is fantastic. Nice, Jake. Appreciate it. What are you so? This is your first time tasting this beer. What are you guys' thoughts? I'm, this is kind of what we were shooting for. And I'm yep. excited. Nice. Uh, I mean, it, as a collaboration with uh, Wooden Bus, I think that uh, these guys will be proud of it as well. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what you know what people say about it as well uh, as we as we go to a release with this yeah. um, to just be able to, to share it with the world and you know let them. Uh, to speak their feelings, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. So, are you going to give excited. it a 4.0? Is it perfect? I don't think it. Uh, uh, that, that is something we talk about. I don't think it exists. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 good. I would rate it. I would prefer to drink this more often than I would wait for him because yep. you know alcohol is lower. Just as a really nice, crisp, clean, fruity flavor. It's yep. got wild funk to it. Um, like for me, I'm thinking crab think cakes. I'm thinking crab cakes with a little, like you know, mixed green arugula and a little, little, little lemon salad. Dude, I, think, um, I think you hit it with uh, ceviche. Like yeah, ceviche is yeah. phenomenal. Ceviche with this, especially just a really clean ceviche with, you know, um, you know, with you know, with crab and and you know, maybe some like you know, Chilean sea bass. You gonna bring that? Uh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and avocado. It's just something you want to like dip into. You know, but you you also probably go something even. You can also bring something if it's not heavily dressed. You can have some like a like a lemongrass chicken vermicelli or something like that. Yeah, you know, no, that'd be great. With, with a little citrus, a little citrus it, something, yeah. and you have like those mais, like those little yummy, um, you know, uh, fried. And we don't get these in Belmont, and I'm so fresh. I wish there was a Vietnamese restaurant that did this instead of this ubiquitous. You know, the ubiquitous sort of like Chinese wheat spring rolls um, and then in Houston you get these ones that have right fried in right the rice bay they're just fried the whole spring roll and you get the mint and and this yummy sort of like um, you know lettuce you get this bib lettuce and it's it, it's really delicious I just miss that um, we don't have that in Beaumont so I would maybe pair something with that but yeah something like a little seafood dish would be ideal with this um, uh, all right cool thanks be- before before we wrap this up okay what do you think about the name Relaxed as fuck. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Is it in the running? <laughs> Is it in the running? That's going to be no, or that's, for a, the name of this for the, oh, oh, for the, the name of this beer. You said you hadn't named it yet. I don't know. Uh, it's not <laughs> completely up to us. I, oh, I just I want to I want to want to make sure we're in the running. I'm not I'll, asking to name the I'll beer. Put it in the running. Just that we're in the running. It's, it's in, yeah, it's in the running. Yeah, it's perfect. Don't worry. So, yeah, no worries. Those, just those relax. are two so, things we're shooting at to become relax. a legitimate podcast. <laughs> is we need I'm to, not relaxed as fuck <laughs> over this one. <laughs> we, we we need to collab with a brewery on something, and and we need a cease and desist. We haven't got the cease and desist yet. Uh, 
we have run out of patience with getting it, so we're going to mm. cease and desist somebody else. Well, well yeah. We, we have just your elixir. Well, we're we're going to you know, take away the defensive and go on the offensive here. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking for maybe some branding help. You, you know? would not believe nice. we, so we, we'll we have if, in store you know, for you. Bottles of patience. Guys, thank you very much for bringing a brand new offering to the table. Cool, cool, cool. Super excited about it. That's fantastic. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the last Patience Brewing. We're going, what, Ark in the Field Wild Ale with boysenberries, lemongrass, and Pinot Noir must. Hell yeah. All right. Is that a specialty? We'll be back in a moment. Yeah, we didn't release them. Here at Hot Tub Beers, we have declared the pandemic over, and when the dust has settled, Thistle Draft Shop is still standing. This unique craft beer bar located at 5210 FM 2920 in Spring, Texas, is still pouring some of the best beer in the state. And in spite of everything that's been thrown at the beer and restaurant industry lately, owner Mary Thorne has continued to create a community of clientele that makes you feel at home every time you step in the doors. Beer buyer Jake Thorne is continually bringing in incredible offerings, sure to impress everyone from the new kid on the block to the most seasoned craft beer aficionado. Haven't been able to find a beer you like? Their selection of ciders, wines, and seltzers will not disappoint. Beer's not the only trick this pony plays. No one in the area can rival the food coming out of the kitchen. From Vietnamese wings to oyster po' bows to brats with house-made sauerkraut, there is something for everyone in the family. Check out the menu at thistledraftshop.com and follow on Instagram at thistledraftshop. Pop on in. I'm sure we'll see you there. All right, welcome back. So, Mr. Shannon's over there opening up a bottle. So, this isn't what I mentioned in the last segment. This is something different, correct? Yeah, this is a Fornix. So Unreleased. we never released Fornix. this one, but I wanted oh. to do something light before we do something a little bit heavier. Nice, okay. And saturated. So bonus segment here. Yeah. Got the Tart Saison, the Fornix, okay? So tell us a little bit about this. Uh, so this is basically a Pilsner I made. Uh, the, the other one half of it was a Pilsner. The other half of it uh, I went ahead and just soured and used a little bit of uh, oak ch- Oak chips that were soaked in some uh, uh, Chardonnay. Chardonnay. I think either I think you do cake bread or friend and say forget what we did. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wanted to do something. This is the first time experimenting around with a little bit of uh, a blend of yeasts that were uh, that I haven't used before. So it came out fantastic, and it's kind of the model for a lot of the uh, restrained kind of sours that I want to do these days. Okay. So this has been in the bottle for Shoo, two, two years, maybe. Shoo, so this nice. is my first time trying this in probably two years. So yeah, we only made what twenty bottles of them, I think. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Let's see if it's so no label. Hot tub beer exclusive. Oh, oh it's there. Oh, it's not a, a whole lot, but it's there. We will see. Okay, so with all the experimentation, the wild yeast, and all the fun stuff that that you've been doing with this, has there ever been a time where you've been patient and you've opened it up and you went? Oh shit! We screwed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, We've got about uh, we got about three. I have three cases of beers that we're not happy with. Let me sit. But we've uh, we've shared amongst friends, and they really like them. So we just got. But they just didn't hit our expectations. Yeah. Our okay. our expectations are fairly high on some on a lot of stuff. Yeah, not everything's going to be a hit. Um, and if it's not up to the quality that we want it to be to release, because we only want to release, or we only only want to share, I should say, beer with people that we feel is up to the quality standards of what patience represents. And that's what we really want to do. So for this, we're sharing a uh, questionable quality beer. 
because I don't haven't tried it's, it yet, and it's been in the bottle for a while, so I have no idea. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it, it's good. It, it is. It is a completely different direction than what the other two beers that we've That's right. Are. Yep. Thank right? you. Completely different. So you can taste those oak chips that you were talking about in there. There's a real kind of woodsy flavor to it that to me goes good with a pilsner. Because you said that, correct me if I'm wrong, you said it was a pilsner that you soured, correct? Yeah, it's a pretty much, yeah. So I got actually, you know, I like staying on topic, but I got two questions to ask. Um, Number one, every time there's a lottery, because y'all do a lottery system for buying, um, why the hell has nobody texted me when the lottery goes live? I mean, I'm talking, even Hugh Height, I tell him every time... Remind me before it goes. Brandon it's, Scott Lord, I tell him, remind me when it goes, and I never ever. Uh, just sure, I would recommend turn like. turn notifications on your on your Instagram. I, I can't. There you go. <laughs> well, you can turn it on for our page, and you just get notifications for whenever you post. You could just turn it on for us. I could. Yeah, you could. I might. I might. That's all. That, that's that, that's what, exclusive. That's it. You just get a pop up notification when you post something. So I I, I want to follow this up though. I'll tell te- me. I'll text you. Yeah. Please do. Tell me about Micro Punter. Okay, uh, no, that's a good good question. Uh, uh, that's uh, something I always want to know more about. I understand the premise, but I want to know more about Micro Hunter. All right, uh, so Micro Hunter was kind of my uh, my take on what I wanted to make as a um, as a goose style beer. So I'm really into like unfruited, really nice uh, lambics that we now have on our market. Um, they have a little bit of like a sesame seed flavor, musty, uh, yeah. all the flavors you could, you know, farmhouse funk, horse blanket, you know, style uh, kind of flavors to them. Horse, horse blanket's style. good. Oh, horse blanket's good. You just seen Jake's blanket. I love this horse blanket. Horse blanket's good. Side eye, and it was like, you know. It was on, one of those come on, bitch come on in. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I looked into the depths of her soul. <laughs> you really said that? You're speaking my language. <laughs> Throw her down on the horse. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wanted to make something that was uh, similar to that and just add some something fucking wild to it. Just um, I, I started, I mean, you just think about the, the smells and the aromas and things you get yeah. from some of these beers. And I happen to go, I happen to live right next to the uh, antique mall, which is a gigantic warehouse full of amazing things. And you mean junk? <laughs> no, beautiful Treasure. things. Um, anyway, I, I just, I was looking for really old wood at the time and I wanted to like use like super old wood that was made from like a crate that was like super, super old and use that to, uh, to age a beer in or something. And uh, instead, because I couldn't find what I was looking for, I found a, a stack of old books. And I was like, that could be really interesting. And I pulled one open, and I started smelling them. And I kept smelling books. My wife's like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to find the one that smells right. <laughs> She's like, right for what? And I was like, to put in a beer. And she, she was like, no way. Uh, a collegiate, co- collegiate library stack tones. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, I came across one that had... Slight hints of vanilla, a really nice funky mustiness to it, and it just smelled really old. And it was. It was like a hundred year old book. And I, I I bought it I brought it home. It was only like I don't know, four uh, bucks. Like yeah, four bucks or something. <laughs> it was just real cheap. And it was in pretty good shape. But I was like, I'm gonna put this in the beer. The pages of it. I wanna 
see what comes out of it, just kind of as a joke. And at the time, I was heavy, he, uh, heavily trading, and I was just sort of like, I wanted to see if people actually like this. Like, what you know, I'll make it, and if it turns out good, which it probably it may, it may. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up throwing some uh, sesame seeds in there. I think I, uh, I even hops. had some aged hops that are just way too old for me to use anything else. Toss those in there. Just a culmination of craziness. And the whole house smelled like old book mm. by the time I was done brewing this Did beer. Did you love it or hate it? I loved it. Loved I love the smell of old book. Me too. Yeah. I love the old, I love the smell of like like new floaties. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like pool floaties when you new get them floaties. Out. I no, I our 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 tennis ball. I know that I new don't. floaty we, smell. We need to get <laughs> that's the name floaties, of the beer. I guess. Hey, just name the beer. Smell. New floaty smell. <laughs> new floaty <laughs> smell. <laughs> Although that could go wrong. Maybe, wrong. maybe that needs to be the next hot tub gift. No more sunglasses. Right. Maybe get some floaties. Yeah. <laughs> mm, this idea. smells like fossil <laughs> fuels. <laughs> pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> That'd be fun. It's really solid. Uh, we, we just have to tame the. Came to say, I don't, I don't know that we could give away floaties to say Hitler would be pissed. Have your, have your. <laughs> well, we could uh, say non-stoppable. Uh, we could say non-stoppable. Yeah. That would be kind of cool if your toddler's there, like there, in the in the kid pool context. with Hitler would be pissed uh, floaties. I, I think Solid. it would be more hilarious if like, it said fucking relaxed, like oh. an alligator <laughs> pub boy, like fuck. fraud relaxed. alligator pub boy with this or something. Like so, one side says relaxed as the other side says fuck. So you got a little kid rolling around with little little floaties. Yeah, there it's you it's you know one of my favorite um, you know food shows that I, I think it's you know, Action Bronson has fuck that's delicious, which I love on Vice. Yeah. I really love that show. And um, anyways, so, yeah, um, yeah. This is what do y'all this, think? I'm, to I'm, me, this is like I don't know if there's such a thing, but it feels like a campfire sour. Like it's that that woodsy note in it, yeah. Like makes you want to sit by the fire pit, kick my feet up, and just kind of sip on this. Yeah, it's got a nice slow like, chardonnay like feel. Like you see is. the chard- glass chardonnay with the the fire, like the flame kind of going through Absolutely. and the campfire, <laughs> and, and you're Hell nestled yeah. up in your little blanket. Did we just create your next ad? And you're like, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of nestled there. It is. It, it is. There's something sexy snuggie? about it. Yeah. And then and maybe there's your, to yeah. me, there's almost these buttery tones that are coming off. My of guy, that's exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. That's exactly what like, I was. It is. This is. I don't know. Well, not as an off flavor. It was, it was really just this kind of like, yeah, you are getting some of those buttery tones of a Chardonnay. That but it, yeah, the yeah, things yeah. that I like in, in a decent, in a good, good Chardonnay. This would be good with Texas toast. I was Ooh, thinking. Oh, something buttery. So here's what I was thinking for this. You ready oh, for this? Geez. Can I hit you up with this? Oh, fried, yeah, fried alligator po' boy. I'm in. Fried alligator po' boy and the Fornix? Yeah, something with like a low, or even, or even like, even if it's like a, um, or even, or even like, a, I don't know, like a a schnitzel, like a pork, like a mm. like a pork schnitzel, anything fatty and buttery, fattery and buttery, and with like a little uh, potato salad and like a little cabbage on the side. Mm. Yeah, could be nice and set it. Yeah, this could actually go pretty well with like a yeah a, a chicken or pork schnitzel, and, or fried alligator. Pub. What, what did y'all say? Y'all said like a uh, oh, so it said uh, micro punter actually was brewed with the book. And, oh, we're talking about and it went into, <laughs> I actually, I, I did actually, I actually did want to hear Thank you, the rest guy. of this. Thank I really you. did. So, okay, and you were talking about the next iteration of how much this book is worth. The next one that that we oh, have coming up. Yeah, this is this okay, is stupid. Pretty, this, I, I'm almost embarrassed telling this story now. Oh, oh I'm now, more excited. Now you have to tell it. I'm uh, swelling up. So I, I ended up, <laughs> so I brewed the beer and I, it actually turned out okay. I thought it was good, and I traded it off, and people were like, "Holy shit, this is insane." Not only did you make something crazy with a book in it, it actually is like really good. And I was like, okay, uh, cool. I'm probably not going to brew it again. And I had a lot of people telling me, no, you have to brew this beer again. Like it's it's great. I want to share this with my friends. 
they're like, yeah, we're past the novelty of it. It's just good. And I was like, that's stupid. That is just stupid and insane. <laughs> but I'll make it again. And uh, Brandon and I have only released it once under patience. Uh, and You've had three iterations of it prior to yeah, two or three? so we did the fourth one under us. And uh, it was really fun to kind of release it to, or to share it with people in, in Houston and just get their feedback on it. And one of the really cool things about that was uh, uh, Hugh, who, you know. Uh, Hugh Height. Hugh, Hugh he, Height. He not only is a listener supporter, he is our first paid sponsor. Oh, awesome. Remax. Yeah, great. With, great with Hugh guy. and Sherry. Um, Hugh and Sherry are both awesome. They actually are the ones that uh, sold our house when we were moving into my, oh, nice. my childhood home. But um, he brought his mom to that release, and his mom is a writer. And she just thought this was like the coolest thing. And it meant, that meant a lot to me. You know, he was just so excited about uh, being able to pick this beer up, having his mom try it mm. uh, while we were there. And, uh, you know, and he, he mentions that a lot when we talk about, he's like, well, you guys need to do that one again. I want to get another one. I want to get one for my mom. And, um, anyway, so I, I looked up what the book was worth because I never really looked. Um, it's like Microbe Hunter. Uh, it's, it was a first edition by Paul the Cruff. The book was worth like $600. Wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> And, and you were just ripping shit out of it. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I picked it up probably yeah. shouldn't have done that, but yeah, fuck it, I, I did it. It was great. Yeah. Um, and so I felt kind of dumb doing that. So I, you would have thought I learned my lesson, but no. I went and bought some old-ass books again from that place, from the, from the antique mall. I just sat on them. I was like, for the next time we brew Micro Punter, which I brewed just recently, yeah. which will come really out again soon. Really, really soon. Oh, please. Um, Homeric ballads and Lucian comedies. That's what I put in there. Oh, get this! It's a two hundred year old book <laughs> <laughs> oh with vanilla with Papua New Guinea. Even or, more old book, and yeah, even more old. You can taste the rarity in this one. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> so now we're back to Rome again. So, yeah. So it was. That is uh, awesome. It's super funky, and brewing that day was amazing, and it smelled phenomenal. And I'm just really excited to yeah. release this iteration of it, uh, this volume. And oopsies, I then decided, hey, I should probably look up that book since the last one was worth a lot of money. Uh, yeah, this one's worth nine hundred dollars. I'm doing this after the fact. I'm, I'm in the wrong business. Goes, I know. Oh, I, I need to go start the antique yeah. book business. Yeah. And you know what? The, my favorite part about what this is he can book. pick out the rare books by smell alone. <laughs> <laughs> that is a truly phenomenal oh, factory skill. rarity. Like, is a I'm rare trait. I'm gonna go book hunting with you. We're just gonna go around yeah, oh, smelling books. I was gonna say. Yeah, you just sell blindfold them. And we'll them. Sell them. Oh, yeah. Just blindfold them and just like, yeah. just, <laughs> just. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna put this in beer. Yeah. The olfactory you know hues, just like uh, fish says on uh, <laughs> on Lawn Boy. So it's a little fish reference. I think there you go. I think we should actually do a live stream of Jonathan picking out these books, right, and get them priced out beforehand, <laughs> and me and Tim literally go through and try to smell these books, and we try to see who has the more expensive nose. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> we do that. That's actually not a bad idea. That's, That's an, an Instagram awesome live session. Seriously. Yeah. For sure. And then, and then you brew the next iteration microphone. Yeah. Really cool. yeah. We'll do it. Well, I'm in. A, so my, I, I teach English. I got a whole bunch of English teachers that I, that that I work with that would think that's the coolest thing on, on earth. That'd be really, really cool, man. Because all of them have their favorite books that they just absolutely geek out about. But, I mean, that would be cool to have a great Gatsby Sour oh, or man. something along those lines. You know what I'm saying? You find that's out a that speakeasy those, beer. Those mm-hmm. books are actually worth the price because of the smell. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you find, like, 
Oh, that's about an $800 book right there. <laughs> that's some good shit right there, bro. Oh, my God. All right, well, now, so, now we're going to have to write a book on book smells. So back, back to the Fornix and, and the smells and, and flavors of this one. It, this was... This was a really cool departure from what you're doing, right? All sours are not the same, obviously, and but I think they get characterized as ah, I don't like all sours. We've we've had three different sours since we've been here. The third was a complete departure from the first two, uh, to me. Abs- uh, there, there's a different flavor profile, different things that I'm tasting. I really liked it. Uh, oh, I, I, I thought this one was on par with the first one that you gave us as far as being a hot tub beer. Because to me, the, the I love that, that woodsy flavor, the buttery notes that I'm getting mm. off the Chardonnay that were in there. Um, it's good Chardonnay, too. Like We didn't fuck around on the Chardonnay either. That, but yeah. that was something that was fun that I never thought about with with wine and beer and aging beer and wine barrels and, oh, shit. and, and things like that. Thing. But the, the more and more we've gotten into this, the more and more that I've seen, the more and more of it I appreciate and really enjoy and almost seek out now. Like for that one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to – I'm going to go 37852. Moving up. Yeah, I, I'm moving up on that one. Like that one, I could sit. Well, you talk about you could drink some of these sours all day long. I could sit all evening long by by the fire pit and sip that beer. Really enjoy it. Yeah. That was nice. You know, I'm thinking uh, with this beer too, like uh, charred boiled oysters, like uh, you know, with with a little bread and with you know garlic butter and stuff like this. Like this would be a fun with lemon and just a little like. Oysters. We made that like uh, like Rob you know the, like uh, Drago's and Acme Oyster House in New Orleans that we, I really love and you know having a you know bit of French bread and charbroiled oysters. This could be really phenomenal. Oh yeah, there. yeah, that's awesome. What do you think, man? Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna actually rate this lower than the other two. I'm gonna go three point five six seven. I mean, we already we already went over this on Sunday. I am a beer communist. All the beer that I get, I actually distribute. I believe yeah. in equal wealth amongst beer. As Sorry, we're the beer taters. Sorry. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the beer taters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's 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 fantastic. Um, obviously, when we talk about pilsners, it's very very crisp, very clean, with undertones of like a bready sweetness. Uh, you can kind of pull that out in this beer, but you really do get a lot more Chardonnay. I love the acidity. I love that little bit of funk on it. Uh, really has that kind of nice, easy going. Um, I would actually recommend this to people first over the first two beers we had but when we're talking about refined flavors honestly i could drink the other two way more uh so overall 3.567 i i do really enjoy this beer yeah awesome but i also saw what else you could do thank you yeah. thank you, you want to uh, we're gonna hop right into this next one yeah let's see. This yeah one, this let's, one, this let's, let's hop right into it right now so we'll go you, you've got a short time here and we're gonna let's uh this is uh, 2019 uh arc in the field so we did release this one 2019 arc in the field okay and this one is probably the only one that is dressed to the tee so oh, it's yeah. waxed and uh, put his fancy clothes on hello so okay, while we're opening this one, I, I, this is going to be the last segment that we're doing. I want to, I want your thoughts on where patience is going from here on out. Like, what is the trajectory? What is the trajectory? The planned trajectory. It's okay, a hard wait. word to bring in towards the end of a session. Is it though? Because trajectory. Jonathan- <laughs> Jonathan's um, a, an actual scientist, and I figure like we we gotta like not bring ourselves down to meet him. We gotta bring ourselves up to meet him. Like, oh, what is your is planned what is? trajectory? No. <laughs> uh, to have fun and share good beer with uh, great people. I mean, that's you, ultimately what I would like to do. Uh, from a business standpoint, it would be cool to do something from uh, more of like a uh, contract brewing. 
yeah. is something that I'm, I'm definitely uh, open to doing. As, of course, that's op- that's up to the brewery itself that wants to host uh, such a uh, setup. But yeah, I was about to say, well, how, how would that work? Because obviously, working with wild bacteria has its own risks. You know, like there's there's a heightened risk of infecting other things, and obviously, yeah. you can clean it all out eventually. But it's not that easy. You know, how what does that look like? I think it's going to have to take a, a brewery that's already either comfortable with that or has an established, you know, separation and program between their their uh, wild fermentations versus their clean fermentations. Yeah, um, we're we've uh, we kind of we've recently done a collaboration with uh, True Anomaly, uh, and that was a this was to be an absolute blast. blast yeah. with them. We picked up barrels from uh, Cali in in the Hill Country and High Texas. In near, Texas. It's between Johnson City and Fredericksburg. But we're gonna love this. Just be a really fun clap, especially just the barrels that we got. The straight up French oak. These barrels are it's it. He's they, they make some incredible Bordeaux and Burgundies. Um, you know, I know it's it's this cave brewery, and they they. Uh, but Benjamin Cali, he's he's from Cali in France, and and um, these aren't just American oak. It made in France, shipped over. This is French oak, from made in France. France, and so this would be really good. Um, so we're excited about, and and all the folks at Trinomaly have just been just those are. There's just they think we, God, there's so much fun to hang out with. Their beers are so good. They love saisons. We we just we jive with with them so That's much. Awesome. They're just they're um, they just seem an extension from us. We're so blessed that they were able to you know we were able to collab with them and um, it's just boy we, we'd love to do more of that. Great you know? people. Yeah. I mean it's fun talking beer with them too. Like kind of nerding out on wild ales and uh, but I mean that adventure that we had just going to get those barrels after we had brewed the beer. To put, you know, because it went, it clean, it fermented in a in a stainless steel tank, of course. But just meeting them out there to go to Fredericksburg, uh, Tom, uh, he ended up going back, and, and yeah. uh, they ended up going back to uh, to Houston. But Brandon and I ended up staying the night, yeah, because I was like, I don't want to make the whole trip out to Fredericksburg. It's a four hour drive, you know, I, and. I, I was not, just. I, I didn't want to turn around and yeah. go back, right back home. So yeah, I, yeah. I had booked an Airbnb for us out there, and we found a little cabin. Um, and I didn't really even probably check it out any more than uh, just once I booked it. So it came time for us to get there, and I was like, "It's supposed to be pretty close to Calais and all the places we're we're going." And uh, if you've never tried Calais wine, it is seriously some of the best wine I've ever had in my life. I'm a huge wine buff too, wine fan. I love. You know, really deep, dark uh, Cabernets and all the stuff from Napa Valley. It's, there's some really good stuff. But Calais is just mind-blowingly good, especially from the location that they are. Right. This guy knows it's what he's doing. It's crazy how he's grown the, the, the varietals of grapes. And yeah. He's just such a scientist. And he But is. he's... Um, uh, but he also has a free spirit with like French connection and you know having this little other side. He just he loves both sides of the wine spectrum. Um, yeah, we went to Southwell Farm and Cellar. Yeah, yeah. We just there's some great stuff out there. That, um, anyway, for anyway, sure. But yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. so we after that whole thing and had that great experience. We went and found this. Uh, we went to our cabin, and it's right there on the Pedernales River, and. Uh, we were really hungry. We got there and it was kind of like, hey, we should probably go find some food. And I was like, hey, there's a place that's only like 0.6 miles from here. We can walk to it. 
Because I was trying to drive him, you know, at that point. I picked him up at the the Austin airport. He yeah, just flew in from California, or not California, Colorado. Denver. Yeah, I was I was at a widespread panic show at Red Rocks the night before, and it was incredible. It rained. I was super tired. I just you know, woke up super early and, and flew to Austin to go pick up wine barrels after from Denver. That's awesome. Uh, and we went to Jester King and met up with a couple of friends. And, and then, yeah, we would have picked up wine barrels. And it was, it was a really good evening. And then we stumbled into... No, no tangents in this story. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we, we started walking uh, on foot and the sun was going down and like the sheep, there were sheep next to us on this fence. And we were like over there and very Texas. It was just like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> um, we walked around the corner, walked down the street a little bit, started going on a dirt road. And this guy was like, Hey, you guys got tickets. We we're like, no, uh, we're just going down the street to the whatever restaurants listed on here to eat some food. No, you got to have tickets to get in there. We're like, what? Uh, tickets to what? Like to go eat at a, and I was like, all pissed joint? off. I was like, no dude, we're just going to go in and get some food, get out. Like, no, uh, well, I'm like, y'all can't get in without a ticket for the event. And uh, I was all pissed off. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not paying you $20 to get into this stupid thing just to eat. And Brandon's like, dude, what else do we have to do? You know, I was like, I'm right, a big, I should probably chill out. Yeah, I'm a big surrender to the flow guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did. And uh, I, he talked me into it. He was like, let's just do it. And I was like, all right. Brandon, you know, paid our, paid our way in. And <laughs> noise. We, we ended up. <laughs> paying at this little booth thing and uh, we got in there and just kind of like whoa where are we like this is insane <laughs> it, it's got like it's like a whole compound and there's like it didn't make there's a sense. stage here a stage there and there's like a little shop and then there's a food place and it was just weird and uh Brandon goes dude I think we're in Lukenbach and I was like no dude like that's like way out west somewhere like that no and it just was weird. And uh, anyway, Brandon went over to one of the guys that was working there. He goes, hey, man, are we, are we in Lukenbach? And he looked at him like, he goes. Uh, He's wearing a Lukenbach hat and a shirt and a badge. And we, were, we were in a different uh, headspace and mindset uh, at that point. Um, and, and he, yeah, so he. Um, different headspace and mindset. That's a really, really good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, were you in Lukenbach? <laughs> We were in Lukenbach. We were, in <laughs> fact, in Lukenbach, Texas. <laughs> and that burger was so good. And we listened to country music and just, uh, it was awesome. It was That's just badass. like going on a random dirt road to go to Lukenbach, Texas. After picking up barrels. And having no idea we're in Lukenbach, Texas. Best way to ever find Lukenbach, Texas. That's a happy accident. Ever. Absolutely. And we watched That's pretty cool. Yeah. We watched some country music bands and there was dancing and there was singing and some partying and we ended up come. We ended up going back to the uh, yeah. to the place really to our, our cabin because I felt uncomfortable. Here's the thing, man. In a lot of ways, that, that's kind of that's kind of how we we kind of uh, think about our our beers that they have a flow to it. You know, mm-hmm. that that in a lot of ways it's 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 surrendering to the flow of of Mother Nature. It's it's and it's kind of books and expensive books <laughs> and just not worrying about it so much, but also having an inherent knowledge of like. Life is meant to be life is meant to be explored and be curious. Life is meant to do things like sitting in a hot tub having beers on a weekday. Right? Well, not on Monday afternoon. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say the day because I know you are. Yeah, uh, but anyways, it doesn't matter. You know, um, it's it's meant to try new things and it's meant to challenge us, and it's also meant to kind of have a little free spirit. And I think that's what patience is all about. Patience 
gives us a mindset of where we want to be. Um, it has a time and place uh, in some ways, but it also can be meant to be enjoyed down the road um, or meant to be shared now. So beer has that that's kind of a great kind of jumping off point into how we think about the next steps of patience. Correct. Yeah. Farther um, down the road, so where is this going to go? Where is it going to go? I think I'm looking at, we're just looking at some, I don't know yet. I think we'll just, um, I mentioned a little earlier, uh, uh, if we can get some more partnerships in terms of, uh, of how we can, that, there's some laws I'm looking into a little bit more too and, and how we want to expand and what that looks like even outside of Texas. Um, I don't know. Ideally, ideally it'd be nice to kind of create beers that are on that we're making. Uh, I don't want to give away my motive really, but, but in, in I'll just go say it because I'll be the first one to say it. And if go, somebody steals it. it, then I'm going to go back well, all, to that. All 15 you know, and it, but it's not about it's not about stealing. It's actually freaking put it out in the universe. If somebody does it, great. As a matter of fact, Garrett Oliver did it, and I think it's brilliant. But he just hadn't done it a lot. I, so yeah, thank you, Garrett Oliver, for this idea. He did this for the French Laundry for Blue Apron. So he created this beer for the French Laundry called Blue Apron. It's a house beer amongst freaking a library of arguably some of the best the I don't know arguably the, you know, with Thomas Keller and say like he makes great food beer so I love you Garrett Oliver I've, I've talked to him he he you know Brewmaster if you don't have Brewmaster's table buy it learn it explore it you know Brooklyn Brewing Company Garrett Oliver's a uh, hero of mine um, and the way that I think about beer and food so thank you um, and so Blue Apron making house beer for restaurants who have a deep wine library um, and making seasonal beer is something that is super, super like interesting. And I think I want to explore that we'd like to explore more in terms of how we want to match seasonal menus with, uh, with our beers and make bespoke beer, making things that are not only that not only you can get at a certain restaurant, say it, this will making a certain thing just for those, you know, buy it, this all you can only, you know, we're at the uh, blind finch, right? Uh, so, but outside of outside of Texas too, you know, there, there's just things that. I, but you know, more than anything, I think we want to double down on experiences. Now, you know, um, there's some things that we want to do, but at the end of the day, make really great merchandise right now. Things that you can't really get anywhere, and offer an experience um, to beer drinkers in Houston um, that that is kind of. I don't know, for this area, kind of somewhat fresh, and but also familiar. So I don't know. Yeah, that's so, what we're thinking about. So does this eventually become the main income stream for you? Or is uh, this always going to be something that you you leave as an experiment? I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I, I don't really think about that as much. I, I mean, it could be, but uh, that's not necessarily uh, my end goal. Um, sure, that would be nice, but I mean, I love doing it, and it is what it is. And yeah. like I said, I think the mentality i have right now with brewing and sharing beer is just to make great beer something a unique experience that's where we are we're at where this moment of just lets it unfold and uh and we're at the great like place where we like it we're very present in the way that we think about this we we are so blessed to be alive right now and be sharing living this shared journey in this moment with you guys and with each other there's we're all on this this uh i don't know this shared this journey, journey called this, life 
it sounds so corny, but really it's just one big experience that well, uh, we cool, don't know really the final destination of it. So. It's it's such a cool concept. Like okay, so we're asking you the final destination. You don't know. And it's not super important to you. It's you just, just have some avenues that you want to go down to. I know we've we've talked about brewers as artists. We've talked about brewers as scientists. And but but the common theme with every brewery, brewery owner, rep that's representing that brewery is selling that beer and having it commercialized because nah, this is an income stream. Yeah. This is something that other people depend on. Is if their beer is good, if their beer isn't good, then these people don't get paid. If their beer doesn't sell, then these people don't get paid. It's kind of interesting to hear from y'all's perspective because there's a freedom that you have that some of the other people that we've had in the hot tub don't. Like yeah. you have this freedom to be artists and just produce what you want to produce, and that's there's there's something beautiful in that. That's that's really really cool, and I, I think it's I think it's very unique. Not only do you have that freedom and you're able to produce something beautiful that other people enjoy, but your main gig, you love it and it keeps you alive to where it's not something that you're trying to escape, which is that there's there's a balance there that in your lives that I think shines through in your beer that's 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 really, really cool and unique to to what you're producing. Thanks, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, that's that's right. Or, or organic and free. Um, I just wanna find the right balance of life and uh, you know, the right balance of happiness yeah. and busyness. It's not about business. I don't ever want anything to be just about business. But also, well, executing it, a good product and an experience that like lives yeah, up to what we I get more. I get more out of making someone happy yeah. than yes. you know, selling them a product. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking exactly. of making people happy, then, so those of those, those listeners that we have that listen that have not had the the pleasure of of tasting a patient's beer, how would they? Get in on a get in on a bottle. Yeah, just turn on your notifications, like I told Jake on your Instagram, <laughs> yep. and like, um, yeah, and follow follow us, and we just will put some stuff out there. And for mer- it was mostly merchandise driven, so like, yeah, just kind of check us out for our mer- next merchandise drop. And like, whenever we drop this form, click if you would like a free beer. You don't have to buy merchandise. You just you click this little box that said, "Would you like a free? Would you like a free beer?" You don't. Have to, we're, that's the thing is you're not you don't, have to you, don't you don't you don't you don't buy you don't get a free beer because you buy merchandise you request free beer and by the way we always pour beer come to our release if you don't show get up chose, early show up early and we'll pour beers for you nice. so like there, there's no yeah even if you didn't score a free bottle you know and you miss out on this really cool merch that i think is really cool but like it is cool. uh you know like just come by and have some beers with us come and I always encourage people eat eat Food at Thistle. Drink nice. some beers. We always release at Thistle, so we love you guys, man. Y'all are Thank y'all you. y'all have been a pivotal point in how we were able to create a whole experience. So thank you, Jake and Mary. Thank you for your yeah. entire team. Like um, we love you guys and we are so beyond grateful. So That's thank you. It's been the best experience. I mean just, um, I miss our, our weekly Wednesday chats, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So thank you. Hopefully she'll get back into Dancing, dance. yeah. Well, I have to say, this is uh, an oddly wholesome section of pretty much all of the podcasts we've ever done. It is. It, it is. This has been. This has been the most safe for work episode we've done. No, it's not. It's no, not? no, no, no. We did talk about penis quite a bit. Oh, but, we did. But it was much more in. Uh, it was subdued penis. Euphemisms. Euphemisms. I love euphemisms. So this beer, I don't know if we ever sub, talked about this beer. Yeah. yeah, please. This a subdued penis euphemism. I, I like. I like that. That we ended on this beer. There's so it was Ark in the Field, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's a wine beer hybrid. A wine beer hybrid 
Pinot Noir must you said you had in there. This is, it's a beautiful plum color. Um, the nose is amazing. There was, when I'm tasting it, lots of plum and raisin notes to me that I'm getting off of it. It's a little bit more tart than the last beer that we had, but man, it's a great experience. And that's, I think that's one common thread through all these beers, wherever they're at on that spectrum. There, there's a very complex experience that you're having with there that doesn't confuse you. It just helps you to enjoy it more. Um, because we've definitely had some complex beers where they're going like, what the fuck are they doing? Um, <laughs> you, you can tell that you've had the patience to sit down and look at the ingredients and put them together in a way that, that the experience for whoever's drinking it is something that they can enjoy without being overwhelmed. And, and I really appreciate thank that you, about Tim. your beers. Yeah. Man, thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. Thoughts, man. Um, boy, that, that's, that, that's some really great feedback just in terms of your your thoughts on it and like where you are with it and um yeah what are you thinking like in terms of like food what would you like to drink this with this one by itself i don't that's, that's cool. I, I don't say that often i'll get more into oh, yeah. it when we, when we talk okay. ratings yeah. but by itself it doesn't need it doesn't need a leg to stay on yeah. it's yeah. not enough yeah the, the, there was uh this one and there was another one that we had with Kelly that was it was a red wine beer that for some reason that the, red wine and that beer it just makes me feel like this is an end of the day I want to walk through the door after spending a day at, at uh, you know teaching and come in and have a glass of this beer and just sit on the couch talk with my wife about how oh. the day has been and just kind of let let the rest of the day oh, kind of I decompress love that, but yeah that's a that's a great beer i think a great idea and i'm glad you you brought that up I don't, we don't always need something in a company sometimes just it is what it is absolutely yeah. it, it enjoy stands for what on it its is. own two feet Thank and you. it doesn't wobble it doesn't yeah. fall down like it's a yeah it's a great beer jonathan's a wizard man <laughs> wizard of beer wizard. so wizard man. i guess on that note i, I want to go ahead and rate mine let's do it i just want i just want to get straight into okay. it okay so this beer is so beautifully complex. I don't think I have enough words to say about it uh, without it sounding too complicated. Um, you do get some tannins out of the Pinot Noir, but it's just enough to where you search for it, you find it. But it's not really prevalent in the main flavor, which is fantastic to me. Uh, the boysenberry in it, the acidity, that fruit. Is this boysenberry? Yep. Yeah, the, the, the acidity, the, the fruit forwardness, it really matches the tone with the with with the sour aspect, yeah. with the tannins. I mean, it's really well balanced. Um, effervescent. I mean, it is beautifully carbonated. It speaks to such sophistication. That's why I wouldn't want to pair anything with this. Yeah. I could have this not with breakfast, but for breakfast, right? Yeah. I could have this after a long day. I could have this after a shitty day and, like, be happy, which after a shitty day, I honestly drink shitty beer on purpose. But I feel like this would this would kind of bring it up a little bit. Uh, there, I, I can't say enough good things about this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to rate this beer just like I would rate this brewery, 4.0. Nice. Yep, this is my this is my perfect score today. Nice. Uh, you know, I'm going to follow you Top up. Top that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I, you know what? Just You're just awesome. to be an asshole, I'm going to go 3.9 repeating. <laughs> um, so... It, and, and I will say this: I think I think I, I like the fact that you rated the beer on par with the brewery. Um, I think what you guys what you guys are doing are special. Um, I, I love the aspect of that. This is 
this is beer that speaks to the craft industry, right? Because the craft, in, craft, excuse me, craft industry isn't supposed to be pretentious. It's not supposed to be above your head. It's supposed to be all-encompassing. It's supposed to be some art for everybody to enjoy. And so here we are with some art that everybody can enjoy. It's art in a glass, and I absolutely love it. So, you know, I, this is a very nice end to an incredible session. So, Yeah. Well, um, what are y'all's notes? What are your thoughts? What's your rating? I mean, everybody's different. I am not afraid to give a 4.0 where a 4.0 is deserved. But the big question is, is would you give this a perfect score? And what would you do differently otherwise? Um, so I would never give any of my beer a perfect score, right? Um, yeah. I could say I like one over another. Um, but uh, I do enjoy this one and, and the fact that, I mean, it's always nice when you hit what you're going for. And, this, and for this beer, I wanted to kind of marry the, the wine and a sour ale uh, perfectly. The only other two I would rate above this one, uh, myself, uh, to be completely honest, is uh, Floating Endlessly, which is one that we made a, uh, oh, that a sake. So much. Uh, that we made, I, I made a homemade sake uh, with some black koji that I got from Japan. And I blended it with a sour ale that I used those methylene plums in and lychee. And uh, the rest of it just came out to be this. Oh, you keep talking. Magical. <laughs> came out to be this magical blend of, uh, of flavors. And I, I was really proud of that one, probably the most. And then the other one uh, that I would rate underneath that one before this one would be uh, Luminous Valley, which it's a prickly pear. Mm. Uh, apricot oh, nice. and hibiscus uh, sour ale and just the flavor of uh, apricot and prickly pear together mm-hmm. uh, and a wild ale with the complex flavors it just makes something that's just out of this world and oh, I yeah. am probably probably most proud of those uh, so <clears throat> rating that one uh, this would be ranked you know probably number three on that list nice for me so this is your top three it's one of my top three. Yeah. yeah. So in, in MySpace, you know, terms, pretty good. Pre- pretty, good. pretty, 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 pretty <laughs> good. When you got your top four and it's top three, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So, guys, I want to thank you all again for coming out to the hot tub. That's, it's it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, this is this has been an interesting journey for us, right, because of our format. People are either super excited about it or they're like, y'all are fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> Obviously the latter. Yeah. <laughs> Both are absolutely correct, but but for for y'all to come in and share this with us, I, I can't tell you how much we really do appreciate you coming and spending the time talking about your beer, sharing your beer, especially really sharing your art, uh, because that you know being able to open up your art to other people is uh, it's a personal process. And man, thank you very much for for absolutely coming out and doing that thank with you. us. We appreciate you having us, man. Hey, both you guys. This anytime awesome. the hot tub door is always open for everybody for Patience Brewing. So if you like what you listen to. Make sure that you're uh, following us on the Instagram. If you need to find some Patience beer, you need to follow them on the Instagram. Turn on the notifications so you know when to get it because I can't send you to the Patience Brewery to go get beer. Turn on the Instagram notifications so you know when to buy the merch and get you some free beer from Patience. Also, if you're playing the shot game, noise. Oh, <laughs> there you go. And there's the final one. So. Go on to the link tree on our bio. You can find us on any format that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, any of the other weird ones that you might find. Uh, On Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate us at a 5.0 because if you don't, you're a coward. There's also a link there to uh, 
monthly support us. If you'd like to monthly support us, if you'd like to keep the hot tub water warm, especially now that we're entering winter, uh, make sure that you're donating. It could be as little as 99 cents a month, as much as $500 a month. So thank you guys for joining us. And until next time, cheers and enjoy your hot tub beers. Cheers.